Hey everybody, this is Mark, and thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in right now. Yes, you, I thank you. This is episode 15 of the Hard Rock Core podcast, and I'm uh, moving along quick, and I've been putting out a lot more episodes recently. I put out a couple last week, three this week, actually three last week as well. I know, I can't keep track, it's moving fast, but the idea is to keep the content flowing, keep the information going, and staying connected. Now, on this week's episode of the Hard Rock Core Podcast, I have Diamond Rowe, who is the guitarist from Atlantis, and I have a hard time saying this name, so forgive me. Tetrarch, T-E-T-R-A-R-C-H. I have a hard time with that word. I don't know why, but I do. But Diamond Rowe is a guitar player. This band is has been very much a DIY process for them. They moved from Atlanta to Los Angeles. We talk about that. We talk about making videos and the album setup because they have an album coming out in a couple months and they're getting to jump on the promotion now. We talk about guitars, tunings, gear, what you can expect in 2021. We talk about 2021 and what you can expect, including some international touring in rarely visited locations by bands. And we also talk Diamond's favorite band, Metallica. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor.fm, YouTube, and many other podcast platforms. And thank you for tuning in. You can always leave me a message through Anchor.fm by clicking message on the main page. Let me know what you want to hear on the podcast. What do you want to know about the bands? What do you want to know about me? Ask a question. Leave a comment for me. Praise me. Punish me. Let me hear from you. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net. It has links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, and all of the podcast information. If you find it in your heart, please like, follow, and share the Hard Rock Core podcast. And now, on with the show. Hit it! Diamond. Yes. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's Mark. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I, I'm alive. I'm well. I'm healthy. And I hope you are the same. I am. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you are too. Where, where are you at now? Because I know you guys are originally from the South, but are you guys in L.A. now? We are. Yes, we're in L.A. now. We live in L.A. Uh, we spent a little bit of time in Atlanta, but just during like, the quarantine and everything. But we, we, we are back in L.A. now. And what part do you do you all live in? Uh, we live in North Hollywood. I used to live there. Oh, yeah. A small world. I, I lived in a couple locations. I lived off of Coldwater and, Mag- and Magnolia near Howard Benson's studio oh. there. Yeah. And then I lived off of Cold, no, Colfax and, oh, geez, what was it, Cross Street? It was kind of near Lancashire, actually. Nice. I live, we live off of Lancashire and Magnolia, so right around there. There's actually some warehouses off there that I used to have a, a warehouse when I did some marketing stuff, and they were owned by Henry Winkler, who was the Fonzie on uh, Happy Days near that area. Yeah. 
it, there's so much stuff around there that you just you learn about. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so how are you adapting to this coast versus being down in Atlanta? Um, so pretty well. We, you know, a lot of people say like the move is hard. But for us, we were lucky because we did it all together. You know, like the whole band went together. So it was a pretty smooth transition. Like my parents actually used to live in L.A. So like I, you know, before I was born. So I grew up going there all the time with them. So it's pretty smooth. Like it was always kind of like a second home to me anyways. So there was no culture shock then. No, I mean, no, not for me. I could see where it would be for someone who had never been. But uh, for me, I, I knew what to expect. <laughs> so, so as we've obviously been, you know, kind of tied down and L.A.'s kind of been a very tough area during this, you know, quarantine lockdown, whatever people want to call it. How's how has the band been and what have you guys all been up to? Our band's been really good. I mean, we've been basically working really hard um, to prepare for the release of our records. Um, so that's been like a big priority for all of us. Just kind of, we like have just finished the record and filming all the videos and everything. Um, about two weeks or three weeks before everything shut down. So it was kind of good timing, but kind of bad timing. But it's been good to us so far. We've just tried to stay really busy with um, as much as we can get done to put ourselves ahead for when our record drops. And we're still quite a few months away, but it must feel good to have a lot of that work already accomplished. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the the first single has done so well. Like, you know, we always have big hopes and expectations, um, but it's always good when something exceeds those expectations, too. So, And, and I'm not right, definitely has. So we're very happy with where we're sitting right now. Awesome. Now, now the... First single was I'm Not Right. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And did you guys film yeah. that down in L.A.? We did. It looks yeah. like it. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Like, I know that area there. So, yeah, it, it seems yeah. it seems like, uh, you know, things are moving along. You have a great attitude about everything despite being locked down. So when you were writing uh, Unstable, was that something you, you all were doing back, uh, back in Atlanta or, or was it done here? Oh, so it was all the writing was done here in LA um, because we we basically spent like a year writing the record here in LA, and then we recorded it in, in Denver. Um, so all the finishing things were done there, but everything was everything was done in LA. We just went to Atlanta for about a month or two, um, just to visit with family and stuff. But that was after everything was already finished, like when everything kind of shut down. And you used the same producer this time around, correct? We did, yes, Dave O'Hare. We actually co-produced this time with us and him. And how's that relationship? Because sometimes bands use one producer, then they move on, but you're going back to the same guy. How was that, uh, you know, relationship developed? Um, I mean, you know, it's for us, and I say this all the time, um, recording a record for me, I like it to be a very comfortable environment um, because like, you know, some musicians prefer to be on the road more and some uh, musicians prefer to be in the studio more. And I, I'm definitely, I love touring more. 
recording records kind of stresses me out. Um, but they make it a very like comfortable experience. Uh, he gives us like creative freedom to do whatever we want, and we he knows that at the end of the day, the final say on our product is our own. So that's something that's very important for our band um, because we do generally have kind of a good vision of what where we want Petrarch to go. And he's very good at letting us have that while also still putting in like a lot of great input. So it's just a good work relationship. And is he one of those guys in the studio who's like the drill sergeant and the tech master and he hears every little nook and cranny of sound? Is he one of those kind of guys? He can be, yes. It just really depends. Um, I wouldn't say he's at the like extreme end of the spectrum, but he definitely has a good ear and uh, he, he definitely, you know, he wants things to be as tight as possible. Well, I think we all would. And I, I can always tell when some bands are unhappy with their producer because they'll say, you know, he's the taskmaster and every little thing mattered and he heard every little thing and you can just hear in their tones that they were not happy working with the guy because he put them to task to get it right and when you're in the studio you have to get it right oh yeah and like you know he we he probably he, he probably hates us more than we hate him we love him death and we just bust his balls all day and just give him such a hard time like he's like freaking little siblings or something so it's definitely fun for us He's probably like at the end of the day, like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> but we have a good time in there. Well, that's awesome. Now, when you, when y'all were writing this album, was there any songs or any moments during the recording or the writing process that you can think back and go, wow, this is a really great song, or that, you know, capturing that lightning in the bottle? Are there any tracks that just really stand out for you? Uh, for me, a lot of it was actually um, I'm Not Right because that was one song where it was like the first song we wrote rhythm, like the basic parts of, but one of the very last songs that we put leads and rhythms on, I mean, in, uh, excuse me, and vocals on. So once we heard it with vocals and everything came together, that was definitely a song where we all were like, whoa, this song came out really cool and way better than we thought and like it's huge sounding so for me it would definitely be that one if you ask the other guys they might pick different ones but but i think that was one that collectively we all kind of were very very impressed with and and happy with and these tones you all have this time around it now are you guys in drop c is that where you're tuned no we're actually uh we're in drop a and drop b I was gonna. I was gonna say this. The sounds are much deeper. For some reason, I thought I saw a video where y'all were talking about being in drop C, and I'm like, no, you have to be lower than that. This stuff is thick. It's thick. <laughs> On our last record, we we had some drop C songs and like some EPs before that were in drop C, but this one we wrote all the songs in drop A and drop B, and we even tried to put some drop C songs on this record. We were like. Let's try to riff out and drop C and see what happens. See if we can get something in. Just did like this time. It just wasn't the, the right vibe. <laughs> so we had all those super low tunings on the six string, but it came out sounding killer. And and playing uh, on that six string, do you find it more difficult? Are you are you using thicker gauges or are the strings really loose? What's your setup like? Well, we use Evertune. Um, and Josh uses a really thick gauge strings, like 13 to 
I don't even know, 62 or either something like super, super thick. Um, I don't. I kind of use the same thing I use. Maybe a little thicker. I think I use 11. Um, but, you know, we actually honestly, really, people are always like, you guys play seven strings? And we're like, we actually really love the tone of the six strings with the drop tunings like that. Um, not even baritone, just the regular six strings. Like, Slipknot kind of does that same thing when drop D tunings. Um, on the six strings, it just sounds like a little major. You can hear a little more character, and it's not so like low tuned and like perfect sounding. It's just it kind of has some grit to it. So we really like the, the low tuning on the six strings like that. No, the the sonic appeal on 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 this release, it, it's definitely a deeper tone, but it also sounds more full. Like the the production sounds full this time around. A lot more. I, I don't even know how to put it, but it just sounds more complete. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, we, and that was something we really set out to do when we um, started working on this record. We wanted it to be like massive sounding and some of the biggest, the biggest thing we had ever done, sonically and you know like musically. So we made sure that it was as thick as it could possibly sound in all facets, but also to where we can recreate that live with our instruments, like. You know, you go see a lot of bands, and there's so many electronics, so many things that, like, live they sound thin. But, you know, we wanted to do it in ways that live we could recreate and all instrumentally and stuff. So it's really cool we were able to accomplish it. And, and as, as you mentioned, that, that live form and different sounds, what kind of rig are you using live? Is this the same thing you're using in the studio? Yeah, basically, so um, a little, maybe a tiny bit different, but basically the same. Live, we, you know, we're endorsed by EVH, um, so we use EVH cabs um, and 5150 heads. Um, for, I also throw in a Mesa head, triple rec head in there sometimes for certain things, um, but mainly EVH, uh, e, uh, ESP guitars. Uh, we like, like Josh uses the six seven sixty six, so I think it is, pickups for his, and I use 8185. Um, and we, you know, like basically Josh's rig is like kind of just pretty simple like that with the overdrive. Um, me, on the other hand, I do, like, I've kind of swayed analog, so I'm using a lot of pedals now, a lot of whammy, uh, carbon copy, so just kind of like that. It's pretty simple. But um, for me, just adding in some effects and stuff for, that we've used, used on Freak and uh, for this record. Awesome. Now, going back to some of the earlier conversation we had, you said, you know, you guys have pounded out the videos and doing a lot of the setup. How many videos are in the can right now waiting to come out? So we did that. We actually did the video for I'm Not Right, and then everything shut down. Um we're going to be doing a good bit more videos that we're actually right now I'm working on when we're going to be shooting those. Um, but the public can't expect to see like a good bit of visuals from us, this album campaign and this whole album cycle and everything. It's, uh, we definitely have a lot of plans to be super visible and a lot of really good quality content and stuff with this record. So we're really excited. Now, now talking about you going to that visual realm, and obviously touring is pretty much kaput right now for 2020. What can we expect to see um, from you all this year and or next year as far as 
live stream events or or things for fans, stuff like that? What do you have it uh, lined up? Well, I can say for like next year and touring wise, as soon as we're able to hit the road, we have like some insane international touring plans. I mean, we're going to so many countries and we're trying to make it a priority to go to countries that even a lot of bands don't even prioritize going to. Um, we want to be that band that we want to get to as many people as possible. Um, in the meantime, for now, we haven't really planned any live stream shows or anything like that. We are very particular about um, our live performance. It's probably the best aspect of our band. Um, and we, if we do something, we want to make sure that it's going to be the best that it can be, especially live, because we take a lot of pride in that. Um, so we still haven't decided if we were going to do any kind of live event online or anything, but it, I, I wouldn't rule it out completely. Yeah. I think there's, you know, different trains of thought for what people want to do. I've spoken with somebody else recently who said, we're not to that point yet where we want to do that because we want that, uh, you know, we, if we're going to do something in a live stream, we want it to be just like we're doing it live and have the same feel. We just don't want to do it because everybody else is doing it. We want it to be special and creative. And, and some people are more about, hey, let's just throw ourselves up practicing, you know, and I don't, I'm not against any of it because there's no other live music right now. So I'll take anything I can get as a fan of music is give me anything and I'll take it. Right, exactly. And that's, that's how we feel. Like we our live performance, we make a huge connection with the audience and we love the audience going crazy and us being able to feed off the energy of each other. And it would just be kind of difficult to do it in a live stream setting. So we don't know. We would only do it if we knew it would serve us well and the people watching would enjoy as much as they would enjoy us live. So we just want to make sure if we were to do anything like that, it would be because it's like perfectly set up and timed and everything. Um, and like you said, not because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. It's gotta be right for each individual band. And I think, you know, that fan base connection, some, some bands can do it well and connect with the fans through the live stream and some don't. And it seems a little impersonal and, uh, each band's their own. Every band, every band has to decide what they want to do, and that's completely fine. It's right. up to them. Right. How many more singles will you drop before October second? Um, you know, we're we're talking about that now. I'm not right. I just ended up doing so so much better than we expected, and it still is. So it's in the process of getting sent to radio all over the country, um, which is awesome. Um, but initially we, we had planned to do about three, maybe four, but three singles, um, for the record. And I'm thinking it'll probably be something like that, depending on, um, how I'm not right continues and everything. And you mentioned going to countries that a lot of people don't go to. Are you able to speak to that yet or not go into too much detail? Can't go into too much detail just yet, but just basically what I, like I said, you know, there's even parts of America or parts of the world that, you know, a lot of bands skip just because, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and we want to be the band, you know, there's certain bands that kind of took the same approach, like your Metallica and bands like that. They always went to, to countries that not every band would go to, and they built a following. And they built such a massive fan base because they made everybody feel included 
in their touring plans, and we and we want to do the same thing. It's so great to hear you praise them because so many people over the years have bashed them for what they've done, but they really set the standard for band and fan connection and all the live shows they put out and live tapes. They broke that mold and said, hey, record our shows, put them up. Now we're going to record them ourselves and put them up for the fans all the time. I think that's a huge move. Oh, yeah. Matas is a great band and a very innovative band. My favorite band in the world. So, you know, I, I, think, I think everything that they have done and accomplished is nothing but, you know, celebratory. Like, I, th- I think they've just done amazing things for the type of band that they are. And what they've done for the fans over the years as well, too, because we face it, they're just a bunch of fans themselves, and they admit to it, and they give the people what they want. For sure, exactly. So as, as you gear up for uh, October 2nd, and you gear up for obviously next year, and somebody recently said, it's hard to make plans, but it's even more difficult to keep the plans that we make there. How are you keeping, how, how is the band keeping their mindset focused on, on what's next when it's changing daily? I mean, you gotta, you know, here's the thing, like, if, in the music business, there's always going to be something that makes things complicated. Every single day, there's some problem. But you just have to learn how to roll with it. You have to learn how to continue through them regardless of what happens. Because there's certain things like this pandemic that we can't control. But you just have to figure out how to progress regardless and do everything in your power, you know, with the situation at hand. So that's kind of what we do. Um, Obviously, on the touring part, we can only do so much. We can plan for what we know. If something happens and it gets set back, it gets set back. But we, we just are trying to progress and do what we can with what we have. And we found that doing that so far um, and over the last few months has done nothing but um, help us because I know a lot of bands decided to push back um, releasing any kind of music or anything because of the pandemic. But we found, you know, hey, we're going to do it. People are at home. They want to listen to the music. They're not doing anything. And also, there's not going to be a ton of traffic around us as we're trying to release this new music uh, because other bands are holding back. So, you know, we figured we'd put our, go ahead and put our stuff out there and we will be competing with, you know, XYZ band during this time because a lot of people are holding back and it's done nothing but helped us. So we've always found that thinking about what's best for Tetrarch and not what everyone else is doing has always benefited us more than following the pack, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Somebody once said they need to stay one step ahead of themselves and not one step ahead of the rest of the pack. And and that's a great thing when you think about yourselves and try not to get too consumed by the others and focus on what you need to do for yourselves. That's the biggest thing I think any band can really focus on is on what they're doing and how they're doing it versus how anybody else does it. Exactly. Yeah, and that's been something that we've learned over the years and it's really benefited us till this day. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome news. But uh, I want to thank you for your time today. I appreciate the conversation. And once I get of this, course. once I get this edited, I'll shoot you all the link so you can share it as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. You bet. Have a great day and y'all stay safe down there. You too. You did the same. Thank you.
Special thanks to Diamond Row for joining me today on episode 15 of the Hard Rock Core podcast. And thank you for listening. Please check me out online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of the socials. And I hope you can connect and follow me there as well. Thank you for making it this far. And if you like what you've heard, like the podcast, follow it and share it with a friend. Stay safe. Stay true. Tell your family and friends you love them, give them a hug, and have an awesome day. Hey.